Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to mini episode 248 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have one spooky story for you today and the story comes from December the 21st 2022 and today's story comes from Sarah. I was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, basically smack dab in the middle of America. There's a lot of crazy cool history in and around the city that doesn't get talked about very often because no one gives much thought to KC from abroad or even in the US. A lot of our history surrounds the American Civil War, as Missouri was a slave state, so part of the Confederacy, and Kansas was a free state and a brand new state around the start of the war. There were a lot of guerrilla fights between people who were abolitionists and slave owners on the borders of these two states. See John Brown. These history lessons are important, I promise. Inside of Kansas City is a neighbourhood called Westport, It was one of the many starting trails for settlers heading west, so hence Westport. Because it was a bustling trading post, a lot of farms sprouted up around it to sell their goods and make their fortunes off of the settlers. One such opportunist was John Warnell, a Kentucky man who purchased the land where he had set up a farmstead in 1843. He was a slave owner who built an opulent home for his farm in 1858 on the backs of his enslaved people, who were the only ones with skills to do so for miles around. John married Matilda Polk in 1851, when the house that stands now was still just a cabin. Matilda died the same year that they married. He remarried three years later in 1854 to Eliza Johnson, the daughter of a reverend who founded the Shawnee Methodist Indian Mission that went on to become the namesake of the next county over. Together, John and Eliza would have seven children, but only two would survive past the age of three. Those kids were Frank and TJ. It's crazy to think that they had TJs back then. They built the grand manor house that still stands today, but sadly Eliza would die after giving birth to TJ due to childbirth complications. One year later, John would marry again to Eliza's first cousin, Roma Johnson. Roma had two sons and one stillbirth on the property. Roma outlived John, but would sell the house and acreage in 1909. The Warnell house would go on to become the founding of the most ridiculously expensive and hoity-toity school now known as Pembroke Hill in Kansas City. Apparently Roma had cold feet about selling because she repurchased the house in 1911 after modern utilities had been added, kicking the school out. Roma lived there until her death in 1933. Dozens upon dozens of enslaved people and servants lived on this property throughout the Warnell family tenure, 
and perhaps the most crucial bit of information is that during the Battle of Westport, the Warnells evacuated their home as the Union Army moved in and burned down a lot of the slave owner homes in the area before the battle began. The Warnell house was heavily looted but miraculously never burned and served as a field hospital during the Battle of Westport. The heaviest fighting took place maybe a mile away in a place called Loose Park, but the Warnell House saw all the carnage of over 3,000 casualties and innumerable hospitalizations. The Confederates had it in the morning for their wounded, and then after they retreated from the battle, the Union soldiers moved all of their wounded in. For a better idea of the body horror that occurred when the house was a field hospital, apparently John's study, which had 14 to 16 foot ceilings, was piled floor to ceiling with amputated limbs, as they didn't want to lower morale by throwing the limbs out the window to the injured men laying around the open fields that surrounded the house at the time. I can't imagine the stench of a bunch of severed body parts just piled in that room. They all came from the surgery in the room above, which was also John's bedroom. I genuinely don't understand how anyone could go back to sleeping in their room if they knew it was used to amputate soldiers. Now with all this historical context out of the way, my personal experience begins in October of 2017. I'm just now realising that the Battle of Westport happened in October, and that's when we visited, which might explain the following events. My friend Cara and I are really into horror movies and spooky podcasts and haunted places. So when we saw the Wernal House had a reenactment ghost tour available for spooky season, we jumped at the chance. We arrived to the house, neither having seen it before, as it's tucked away on Warnell Road, named for the home. Today, it is surrounded by late-period Victorian homes owned by the wealthy or landlords renting them as apartments, so much of the property surrounding the home looks nothing like it used to. It's a very commanding house, but it sits on this absurdly tall hill that we climbed up as we were too stupid in our excitement for the tour to just walk up the street around the house. They had hot cider for people waiting for the tour in the old carriage house around the back and a bonfire going to keep people warm in the crisp autumn air. Cara and I checked in and admired the small garden lit by lanterns. We had a good view of the servant enslaved people's staircases that connected to every part of the house on the back of the manor. Our tour began and took us to the front where there is a porch on the second storey with windows that slide all the way up to double as doors in the warm weather. There are impressive Greek revival columns on the outside of the red-bricked mansion. It's an imposing house. The actors on the tour began with a woman in period garb running up to us frantically asking if her son was inside. Josiah? Where is Josiah? Have you seen my son? We all uncomfortably giggled and don't respond as most adults do when confronted with awkward reenactments. She disappeared back around the house and the tour guide took us up through the front door. We immediately clocked right into the parlour room where they would have entertained guests. Cara and I got pushed towards the back of the tour group as there were a dozen of us at least. I was still in the grand hall with one foot in the parlour room. One thing to know about me is that I'm a human radiator. I am never cold. I overheat all the time from 60 or 70 degree Fahrenheit weather. My husband has to suffer in 50 degree rooms at night so I can fall asleep and I'm constantly getting anxious about how I feel like I'm overheating. But in that doorway of that parlour I felt a rush of cold air push by me. 
and Karen must have felt it too because we looked at each other with raised eyebrows but shrugged it off. I think I just enjoyed the cool down of a cold whiff of air. And after all, we loved spooky things and we wanted to be spooked. Surely that was all it was, right? The tour guide was explaining the portrait of Roma Warnell that hangs above the fireplace and all of John's marriages. The tour guide is the only worker in the home not dressed in period clothes. He talked about how employees who open and close the home, now museum, experience the whispers of a disembodied voice, who is assumed to be Matilda, saying, Why her? Apparently, Matilda Polk and Eliza Johnson were intense rivals in society, and Matilda's spirit had long been lurking in anger that Eliza should be John's second wife. The parlour room is the spot where the old cabin used to stand before the grand mansion was built, and the cabin is where Matilda would have lived with John in their short time together. I lean over to Cara and whisper, Did you feel that cold air? Yeah, didn't it just go in one direction and stop? I bit my lip. Being the last into the parlour meant that I was the first to turn around and cross the hall into John Wernell's study. I took up a position against one of the walls with Cara and immediately noticed the smell change in the room. It wasn't just the smell of an old house with old furnishings. It was a kind of a sweet, like a musky cherry smell. The actor told us about the field hospital and how when John used it as a study he would enjoy his favourite cherry tobacco. What the fuck, I mumbled to myself and I noticed that Cara was beginning to get antsy so I asked her if she was okay and she shook her head. I'm getting anxiety, the smell is overpowering. You're good, I got you, let me know if you need me to do anything. Cara nodded at me and continued to dance around in her spot as we were led into the dining room adjacent to the study. There we were given a history on seances and spiritualism movement that arose after the civil war when people were desperate to talk to their loved ones again. It was definitely just on theme for the holiday as the guide told us there was zero evidence of the Wernell family ever practicing seances. Cara's anxiety seemed to calm down in the dining room and I felt and smelled nothing. We were led back out and into the entry hall and up the grand balustrade towards the second floor. I'm a 5 foot 11 woman and these pre-Civil War handrails were at my kneecaps. I've been to old homes in Savannah, New Orleans, New England etc and these people must have been tiny because they are the lowest handrails I've yet to experience in old homes. I got woozy going up as any incline off the ground freaks me out as I'm horrified of heights. I was telling myself not to look down and trying to subtly hug the wall but the old staircase was narrow and the landings weren't much better. On the first landing as I was breathing heavily and trying to fight off the vertigo that comes to me on any staircase I slammed into Cara's behind as she was frozen in place. There was a line of ghost tour guests behind me trying to climb up as well so I whispered for her to get a move on but she didn't move. In fact, she is shoved back into me and I have to steady myself against the wall of the landing to avoid teetering near the handrail. And let me tell you, this old staircase is bloody steep. Luckily, because we're all single filing up a narrow staircase, I can catch her before anyone else goes down. What the hell, Cara? Someone pushed me. But the first half of the line was already on the second floor landing. There was no one in front of her to push her and it would be really hard for a modern human to turn around on the narrow landing to do so without everyone in the tour group seeing and calling them out. When we finally climbed the second staircase to the second floor landing, we were herded around the open space. We were told of the surgery room used in the master bedroom to our right, 
and of the children's nursery to our left. We were told of the sightings of an angry Union soldier pacing back and forth on the landing that we were just on. We were told that only women feel anxious and scared on the landing. Some walk away with bruises and others report getting touched or shoved. Kara was ramped up again and at this point I was holding my breath. We were turned first into the nursery where I was praying to God at this point that the rocking horse didn't start rocking on its own. I was in the threshold again, just like in the parlour, looking over my shoulder every now and again to make sure that no angry Union soldier is going to come charging up to yeet me over the railing. That's when I peered between the open door and its hinges and see two little eyes of a little boy staring directly at me. He didn't blink and I didn't breathe. My heart was hammering to get out of my ribcage. The mystery child pulled the door open wider and subsequently smushes himself against the wall to hide from me. I tried to jab Kara and speak but nothing came out of my mouth and she gave me an annoyed shrug as she was trying to focus on the tour guide's speech about the children of John and who survived past infancy. As a jump scare in this room, a child actor came crawling out from behind the door like something out of The Exorcist and I didn't know whether to shit my pants or be relieved that I hadn't just locked eyes with a real ghost child. I walked shakily into the master surgery where my anxiety began to choke me. I hadn't felt any anxiety, not even after the ghost child, and I was leaning against the wall opposite the bed for dear life. Kara was breathing heavily and nearly passed out. We got a lesson in how to chloroform somebody for surgery, which didn't help the choking feeling in my throat. I felt so many emotions standing in the surgery. Terror, choking, anger and utter despair. I wanted to shove Kara off me angrily as she was struggling to stay conscious. The others in our tour group who previously didn't seem phased by any other room we'd been in all looked antsy and wide-eyed. Something or someone was in that room. The tour guide either saw the looks of fear in our faces or felt it too. When an all-consuming smell of day-old urine suddenly filled the room, our tour guide ushered us fast out of the room, probably thinking someone had just pissed themselves. We stood on the slave stair landing on the back of the house to get some fresh air, and our guide checked in on us, not wanting to file paperwork should someone pass out. The smell of urine vanished with the closing of the master bedroom door behind us and Kara and I's breathing evened out. We were so happy to get back to our car after the tour and drive away fast to get a drink in Westport, which is now a major bar scene in Kansas City. I had a lurking, disturbing feeling the whole night though, even after I dropped Kara off at home and came back to my apartment. I didn't sleep that night because I felt paranoid every time I closed my eyes. I prayed to God and Mary and all my childhood Catholic prayers that I knew to keep me safe and banish whatever was still with me. Something angry followed me home, and I try not to think of it still. I never thought I'd go back to the Warnell house, but now that it's almost 2023, I'm considering taking Kara back to see if we get a similar experience. What do you think? Should we do it? What is it about spooky shit, eh? No matter how spooky it is at the time. You just seem to forget about it afterwards and think to yourself, yeah, I'd like to do that again. Is it your body going, I would like to have that adrenaline again? I absolutely would. And I'm going to forget all of the anxiety that came with it. And I think that anywhere that it has a history that involves enslaved people is going to have some serious negative energy going on. It's it's kind of inevitable. Enslaved people were historically treated horrendously and their lives and their well-being 
just was not seen as important by both slave traders and slave owners. And I think that misery and pain and sorrow and torture all has to be seeped into the walls of that place, into the fabric of that place. And as well as that, that house being used as a military hospital for injured soldiers, like I can't even imagine the fear, the trauma those soldiers had to go through. I mean, at the time, things like anesthesia wasn't very common. It must have just been absolutely horrendous. I don't think that I personally could go to one of those reenactment things because I think I would be a disaster. I would be an absolute disaster. I'd I'd find the reenactment really uncomfortable, first of all. But if I saw a child's eye looking back at me and then this childlike exorcism walked out of the room, I would, I think my fight or flight would kick in and I'd, and I'd go to fight. And I would drop kick that child over that tiny handrail. Surely that must happen a lot with reenactments, particularly spooky reenactments, that people panic and lash out and their first response at a jump scare is to punch or to hit or whatever it is. But it sounds like you and Cara really had an anxiety-inducing time and you sort of felt the feelings all over that house. It sounds like you absolutely tapped into the residual energy of the house and that it really deeply impacted you. Would I go back to that house? Absolutely yes. Do I want you to go back for content reasons? Absolutely yes. Thank you so much for listening to today's story. Thank you to Sarah for sending in her story. Remember, Sarah's story came from December the 21st, 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns.